nothing better than the feel of pen on paper. That little bit of resistance pushing back at me as I save my thoughts in a notebook. For years, I've looked to replicate that feeling on an iPad. But it's never really been the same, at least until I discovered Paperlike. The surface of the Paperlike is coated using nanodots, tiny microbeads that are designed to add superior stroke precision when you drag the Apple Pencil across the screen. The latest iteration of Paperlike is manufactured in Switzerland using high-quality plastic foils that are designed for maximum picture clarity. These foils are developed exclusively for Paperlike products. Every Paperlike comes in a set of two, so you'll always have a spare in case you need to replace it. Within a few weeks of applying Paperlike to my iPad Pro, my Apple Pencil is getting more use than ever. Taking notes, journaling, tapping through show notes, you name it. I feel like I'm realizing the true potential of the touchscreen without sacrificing my love of pen and paper. To pick up your Paperlike, head over to paperlike.com slash BGA, click buy Paperlike, and select your iPad size. Ready to do more with your iPad? Head over to paperlike.com slash BGA to get started. Welcome to Board Gamers Anonymous, the podcast about board gamers and the insane fun we have at the table together. This is Chris, and this is episode 412, our friend's top 10 games with Game Master Dave. We'd like to thank all our Patreon backers for helping us bring you a brand new episode, but especially our new Patreon backers, Kevin and Derek. Thanks so much. You guys rock. All right, everyone, we are back, and I'm so glad to bring you a special episode. This is one that's been in the making for quite some time, and we're going to be talking about some amazing things, so stick with us as we go on. But before we get into all the fun, we have a special guest for this episode. It's Dave! Hi, Dave! Hello! Good day, gamers, I like to say. So, uh, good, good to be here. So glad. Excellent to have you here. Anthony is off for the weekend. So we brought Dave in here because Dave's going to bring us a lot of gaming goodness and some big surprises for the podcast and upcoming events. So Dave, before we get into the full episode, you're a gamer, but you're more than just the average everyday gamer. You're hardcore, my friend. Tell us about you and everything that you do related to tabletop gaming. Well, I uh, I like to go by the moniker Game Master Dave because uh, when I checked about five or six years ago, I knew how to play over 400 different games. But my real passion in life is teaching games. I love to teach people games. So I go around to libraries, conventions. I'm known as the board gaming guy locally. Uh, I'm known as Game Master Dave. And everybody asks me questions about board game this, board game that. And uh, and I have I have so much fun in it. And I just love to see the interactions with people when they sit at the table and they uh, they make a new friend. They, they have a new experience. They learn a new game. Uh, and then they, uh, they, they, they make a friend uh, and maybe even a lifelong friendship ensues. You know, it's fantastic. I love being the, 
the media or the medium for that to happen. You know. Well, you're both, right? You're you're the medium and the media there too. I guess you're right. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> you know. So I've got such wonderful, wonderful stories about people meeting. And actually, uh, I used to own a retail store, and I saw thousands, tens of thousands of interactions uh, at that store. And now, actually, all of my adult friends were are my former customers. <laughs> <laughs> So that's how you make a friend's friends when you're an adult. You just have to open a game store. That makes that that sounds difficult, but sure. Well, you know, when I had the game store, I played almost no games. So, you know, uh, <laughs> closing the store was sad. It was a horrible time. But uh, actually, I'm living large and enjoying life right now, playing playing multiple games every week. So that's wonderful. Fantastic. So, Dave, you mentioned you mentioned being the medium as far as having the game store increasing the interactions, bringing the gaming community together, but also a little Freudian slip there. You're also part of the game media. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you're right. Yeah. So um, through that, I've, I've actually uh, started, uh, you know, I've, I've got a website and I've got, uh, I stream on Twitch and YouTube. I just try to, I try to, uh, it's a gamemastergames.com. And, you know, locally on Long Island, I try to promote other stores and uh, I try to promote, uh, uh, other companies, and uh, you know, I run around around uh, Long Island and New Jersey, and just and try to promote uh, gaming as I can. You know, like my one of my sayings I put on all my stuff is uh, uh, making friends and uniting communities one dice roll at a time. Nice, you know? and that's sort of how I feel. Excellent. Yeah, that's actually how we started as well. We were part of a a local friendly game store. And we were like, hey, we want to support the community. We want to support gamers. We want to support the great store that we were gaming at. And that's how we started media as well. So um, the love keeps going. So bringing more people to the table is always the best thing possible. And again, we've seen so many great times with it. So I'm glad there's so many other people out there, Dave. I'm so glad to have met, met you at this point. Thanks. Thanks. I really appreciate it. And then, you know, I spread it to my wife too. Uh, you know, my, my wife never played these games. So on our, one of our first dates, I taught her magic, the gathering. Oh my. <laughs> and that worked out as a marriage is what you're saying. That's... <laughs> it eventually worked out as a marriage. Gosh. And, uh, but she has, she loves it. She loves the interactions. She loves uh, meeting people too. And uh, she actually ran my, Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, she was the coordinator of my Dungeons and Dragons, the Wednesday night um, thing from Wizards of the Coast, the program. Uh, I can't remember. Encounters. Encounters on Wednesday night from Wizards of the Coast. And she would coordinate it. And, and at the peak of our time with that, we had over 50 to 60 people coming every Wednesday night. My wife coordinated the whole thing. It was crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> She's awesome. That's amazing. And congratulations to her. That's, that's, that's quite an accomplishment to say the least. If you've ever run games, you understand what that really means. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot of stuff going, <laughs> a lot of volunteer coordination, a lot of, a lot of, uh, paperwork, you know, handing out stuff, you know, well, to so. be fair, when you broke out magic, the gathering on your first date, she should have known what she was in for. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, she, she, she tells, she makes me, she lets me know that, um, I'm very lucky because she did consider not dating me anymore, <laughs> but that's okay. That's By okay. chance, did you drop drop any black lotuses on the table just to you know, seal the deal kind of it? No, but I think it was the Phyrexia deck, if I'm not, Phyrexia time, which I'm not 100% sure, but it was all vampires. So a magic <laughs> player could tell me, so it was all vampires. And my wife is actually sort of like a pacifist. So okay. she, she did not want to look at the artwork. Aww, that's wonderful. <laughs> so anyway. 
Fantastic. Well, Dave, obviously we met and we met because of an awesome re- reason. And yes. one of the big announcements that we want to let everybody know in our listening audience, and we hope that you'll spread through social media, is that we are invited guests for one of the big upcoming conventions. This is the Long Island Tabletop Gaming Convention, Expo 2023. That is right. That is right. And I am super stoked about it. I am the board game coordinator uh, for Long Island Tabletop. This is only our second year uh, that we have an independent uh, 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 an independent convention under the sort of like the LI Retro uh, thing, which is a video game convention, which has completely exploded in the last several years. The LI Retro Video, uh, LI Retro Gaming Expo, um, which you can find on liretro.com is uh, is huge. If you're into video games, you gotta go, and you live locally in Long Island, New Jersey, Connecticut. You have to go to this. It's usually in August. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but then the the showrunner of that, Joel, is friends with uh, Court, this woman, Courtney, and Courtney, you know, and Joel had a conversation and said, "Why don't we add tabletop gaming to?" The LI Retro. So a couple of years back, they added, they asked me if I want to do board gaming and they had a coordinator for miniature gaming and trading card gaming and role playing. And we all posted 50 plus events on the LI Retro. During LI Retro, we posted 50 plus tabletop events and like <laughs> the amount of reaction from the people in the public was unbelievable they could play their video games they could go uh do like a lightsaber thing with the with the star star wars people that are there um they could uh come and check out corridor with my wife teaching them a board game and then check out something else and then they could go play some D. &D. i mean it it was nuts it was a fantastic day uh uh, i'll tell you that um uh that i had to run around five or six times to find more tables and chairs. We ran out of tables and chairs like five or six times over the course of two days. So this gave Joel and Courtney the idea to separate the conventions so that we could maximize participation in both. So now the LI Retro is still in August, great convention. LI Tabletop is now in the March uh, and a March timeframe, and that's coming up on March 18 and 19. I'm telling you right now, if you live locally and you are a, a tabletop gamer, don't miss out on this convention. I'm I'm just thinking that I'm going to have at least I'm going to be teaching and running and helping with some with some volunteers, of course, more than a thousand people through board games that weekend. You know, fantastic. It's going to be great. Yeah. So this Long Island tabletop convention is in New York. And as Dave mentioned, if you're local, we would love for you to come down Saturday and or Sunday. Come for both days. If you're not local, there is local hotels in the area. So that's true. I wanted to direct you to LITabletop.com because they'll actually give you a whole bunch of information on how to attend the convention, what hotels are local, food and such. And in particular, beyond Dave's incredible game sessions that are going to be happening throughout the whole time, is we'll be running sessions on both days. So on Saturday, uh, if you want to hear us talk about a whole bunch of different things, in particular, the first session is going to be gaming across the spectrum. So myself and Will have talked about this a lot, and we have a lot of people that we work with. In particular, we work with Geek Therapeutics and Guardian Mental Health. And we're going to talk about tabletop gaming, all different types of tabletop gaming, 
I'm sure including video gaming as well, and how that benefits the community, their mental health, and the relationships that we build together. Gaming is not just for fun, but it actually does so much good for us personally and as a community. So that session will be starting around 4 o'clock on the Saturday, and then 6 o'clock we'll be talking about Um, Board Game Academic. So we've been talking about our online academic journal. We'll be having conventions based upon submissions to the academic side of tabletop gaming. So if you or anybody out there that you know has done research, wrote papers in school, or just wants to talk about how gaming has a bigger presence in the world or how the bigger presence in the world has affected gaming, this panel presentation will be talking about the practical applications of tabletop gaming within higher education, which in the classroom, basically what can you do with games outside of the just general social interaction? So that'll be a lot of fun. And then on Sunday, BGA, this very podcast, will be doing a live podcast. So you'll have an opportunity to listen, join with us in the audience. We'll play some games. We'll have some raffles. We'll have some fun. I think it'll be a really good time. That'll be happening at 1 p.m. And we want you to join us for all of these events. This is a great time. It's a great convention. And I think Joel Joel has put a wonderful thing together. Courtney's doing an amazing job with the tabletop stuff. But Dave, we should also mention the uniqueness of the convention setting, right? Yes. So uh, one of the interesting things, it's at the Cradle of Aviation Museum uh, in Long Island in Garden City. And... uh, (laughs) You could go, you could pay your entry fee and spend the entire time looking at the exhibits. I mean, they got jet fighters in there. They got all, remember, you know, like very close to us uh, in Bethpage, New York, was where all the lunar modules were made. So Mm -hmm. you can go check out a model lunar module. There's historical stuff. Um, There's there's, uh, war planes, World War II planes, World War I planes. And then, of course, Jet Fighters, too. It's, it's really an amazing venue, and we use every single nook and cranny that we can uh, to do a whole bunch of events. And, you know, the thing that's great about it is it's not just board gaming me and role-playing game. By the way, there's a ton of role-playing games. If you're an <laughs> RPG player, you got to check out the whole list on the tabletop.events. But there's also a live dungeon, which was a huge hit last year, Escape mm-hmm. Room. Um, uh, there's trading card games, miniature games, miniature painting class, terrain making class, tournaments. We're having board gaming tournaments and other tournaments. There's also unpublished, uh, unpub section. Uh, we got special guests like, hey, BGA, this is the first time you guys are joining <laughs> us. It, this is fantastic. I'm so excited. And of course, we've got tons of great vendors too. Absolutely. So there's a lot of great opportunities to make a big impact, learn more about gaming, have fun at the table. And again, it's a gaming convention where you actually will be able to get games to the table. So check it out, litabletop.com. Follow Dave for more information about all the events and activities that he's doing. We'll talk more about this on the podcast as we go on. So next week, Anthony and I will talk more about what the actual presentations will be. But primarily, we want you to come there and game, meet new people, have new fun at the table. And, you know, learn some cool stuff. Hey, Chris, you know, I, I, I wish I wasn't so busy because I would I would go to all three of your events. I think everyone I, should go to every one of Dave's event because Dave, <laughs> we're going to have to drag Dave out of there at the end of the day. Because when I first looked at the convention schedule, Dave is, has been so generous with his time. And, you know, there's nothing more valuable than a good game teacher. I, I swear. Yeah. And we're just like gaming with Dave, gaming with Dave. And I'm like, I at this point, I hadn't met Dave yet. 
but I was telling Courtney, I was like, I don't know who this Dave guy is, but he's amazing. He knows all these games. I just want to dig, I want to game with Dave. So now that I met Dave, I told him even after the convention, Dave, we're going to game together. He's like, I, I, I don't know how I'm going to walk. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to walk at the end of this, but I did it. I did it last year. I did it the year before. It's, 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 it's great. I, I've got my own little uh, techniques and how to, how to get this done. But hey, we need, also need more volunteers. Uh, if, if, if somebody wants to volunteer to run some of my games for me, I'll go join over and see the PGA stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. And again, we'll be there to game as well. So many people on Patreon have backed the level to play games with us. Please oh, play cool. games with us. And if you're just there and you're looking to get a great game to the table, we'll be there throughout the whole weekend. So we want to get those games to the table. Please come out to the convention. You're going to have a fantastic time and help the community grow. That's great. Yeah. So, so happy. Thanks, uh, Chris, for, you know, I'm glad that uh, we found you, you know. So this year, let's see how we do. This is going to be fantastic. And then, uh, you know, we'll do even more next year. Yeah, absolutely. Catch it now before it blows up. <laughs> <It's>... Yeah, really. <laughs> really. All right, Dave. So that's everything that's happening with us and the upcoming gaming convention not too far away, March 18th and 19th. That's right. March 18th and 19th. So let's talk about the stuff that we are looking for as far as board games. Let's talk about our acquisition disorders. Oh, yeah. So uh, you might if you're. If you uh, if you watch uh, what's going on and hotness and stuff like that, uh, you mm-hmm. might be aware of it already. Uh, so you'll probably figure it out here in a second. But about three to five years ago, my wife, well, actually, my wife and I spend the last 30 minutes of the day usually reading to each other or doing some uh, counted cross stitch or crochet or uh, watching, you know, like doing some fun things together the last 30 minutes of the day. So I read to her, and a book we read about three to five years ago was about how trees communicate with one another. Mm. And we're like, what? What do you mean trees communicate with one another? <laughs> and this book was very scientific, but you know, it, was very, it explained it very well. And it talks about how there's fungus living right underneath the surface of the, uh, right underneath the surface of the soil that basically the trees a forest no matter how big is a community of trees and they use the fungus to communicate signals back and forth or send sugar to a tree that's dying to try to prevent them from dying we're like what what are you talking about now we had already started planting as many trees as we could in our backyard we're trying to make like a little mini arboretum in our backyard and so reading this book was eye-opening so then around the same time, we pick up a game called Wingspan and we're blown away by the artwork. We're blown away by the components. We're blown away with the gameplay. It's, it's one of my wife's favorite games. Uh, I put it on my list of top 10 favorite games, probably because it gets to the table a lot recently. Right. And then we picked up Mariposas, which is also a, a unique game. It's not one of my favorites. My wife really likes it a lot though. Anyway, we just found, I talk about acquisition disorder. I just learned that Elizabeth Hargrave is coming out with another title called Mother Tree. And it's about this fungus and the tree thing. I'm like, what? So I told my wife, we're like, we got to get it. Got to get it. Can't stop thinking about it. So it isn't released yet, is it? I, I'm not too sure. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. That, but it's been announced. And again, as long as they don't watch this TV show called um, The Last of Us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hey, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the last of them. No, I, I think you're fine. As, as long as you avoid anything on HBO and, and you don't want <laughs> anything fungus-based, I think you and, you and your wife will have a very good time. Just, just don't, don't well, watch I did, 
I'm sorry. I keep saying the I keep saying the <laughs> the Last of Us is a very good video game and now a very good HBO show, but not okay. good, not good when you need to sleep at night. That's all I'm saying because well, as you said, it's all based in reality. On you know, it's amazing. Yeah, there's like there's a game, Last of Us game, that's also coming out. I, I saw so. Yes. Yeah, now there, there's all the kind of stuff. So there's, you know, it's a great time to be a gamer because there's so much amazing, valuable content out there. It's not the traditional troops on a map kind of situation. Right. It's a very diverse kind of ideas and concepts that are in play. And you get to do a little bit of everything. So, and you get to learn stuff too, which is amazing <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, yeah. They're like... I, I, I'm learning so much from Wingspan, you know, and actually we had like a little stuffed animal in the house, right, of this mm-hmm. bird. And we're like, you know, it's cute. It's pretty, you know, and we, it's sitting in a cage on our shelf and, you know, we like it. Uh, we call it Flit Flit. And uh, and then we're playing, we're playing, um, but we're like, you know, somebody just designed this bird. So then we're playing Wingspan and we're like, wait a minute, this bird looks familiar. And it, whoever made the stuffed animal it's a real bird with the exact same colors there and so i'm like learning about you know that's like what i'm saying is there's a thousand opportunities to learn stuff about things. wonderful yeah all right well i i'm really interested in a i want to say it's a new game but it really isn't dave this is a game that i've championed for a very long time i don't know if you've ever played cyclades oh my goodness so i saw that was coming out and I have played. See, I call it Cycl- Cyclades. I don't know which is correct. I, I don't know which is correct either. And but I'm also famous, Dave, from getting these things wrong. So you might might be more correct than I. I it came when I had my game store. Cyclades came out, mm-hmm. and I demoed it. I brought in like multiple copies. I demoed it six or seven times over the course of a couple months, and nobody bought it. And I was like, I really liked that game a lot. <laughs> And then, and then you're right. I just noticed they're, they're doing a remake, right? They're doing a remake. What they're calling is the Legendary Edition, which means okay. that we have to buy this game again, Dave. I don't know if you noticed <laughs> that, but like, oh no! If you've been a gamer for any amount of time, and at this point, I mean legitimately any amount of time, you know that like once you find a game you love, you buy it, and then you buy it again in a deluxe yeah. version, then you buy it again in a Legendary version, and then you buy it again in a Master redeluxified essential yep once in a lifetime edition and then you buy it again yep <laughs> yep it's a card game and it's a dice game you have to buy the, you have to buy the game so many times <laughs> i don't know like your whole collection is this one game in every version well d- well i did it with dungeons and dragons too <laughs> you know that's fair, that's I, fair. i'll give you that it's yeah. a little, it's it's a little it feels a little worse as a board gamer when you like have multiple versions of the same game like on top of each other True. and you're like i have a problem <laughs> just, there's something wrong with me i shouldn't be doing this this, this doesn't make any kind of sense right, so right they are this is not by Matico games this this is another publisher who's bringing this out but to go far back as you mentioned we have over 400 and some odd episodes i think we talked about 412 today yeah episode 35 we talked about kemet versus Eclades. This is how far back it goes for us. Wow. And, and that was, again, it was a really cool episode because Kemet obviously has had the re-deluxified ed- edition right. after having multiple expansions come out as well. But we're talking about a game that came out eight, nine years ago at this point. Yeah. Right. So I really like this game. I, I, th- I thought the artwork was top notch, especially back in the day. It actually had an app, but the app didn't have AI to it. So okay. 
you weirdly had to play passing around your phone. It didn't really oh, work wow. very well. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you oh. haven't played Cyclades, it's troops on a map. It is all mythological creatures and, and heroes from the, the Greek Athens kind of age. And as you're battling in this island archipelago situation, you're utilizing your, uh, I, I guess, your donations to the different gods to right. earn their favor, to be able to recruit troops, uh, move naval armies, to build up philosophers and worshipers, to build up buildings. And then it's it's somewhat of an area control thing where you're scoring points throughout the game by controlling different areas. Right. But throughout the whole game, you're trying to build the metropolises. And I think it's three you have to build. It's been a, been a couple of years since I played this. Yeah. I think you have to build three. And you build three by building the other buildings that kind of merge together. But other players can take over those buildings. So it's a, it's a bit of a challenging game. I really liked it. It was dynamic. It was interesting to have to be able to run an economy to run right. your military, which is, right. of course, what actually happens in some That's cases. Right. And it's had multiple expansions. The Hades expansion was best because it allowed you to, I think, recruit troops and move troops at the same time, which kind of sped the game up. They had okay. a Titans expansion, which was kind of a completely somewhat different game, which pushed all the islands into one mess. And then I think they had a crossover with Kemet where you could actually use the Kemet characters in Cyclades oh, and the Cyclades characters in Kemet, which was the first time I think they ever did anything like it. And it was pretty cool. And now this is Delux Deluxifies legendary kind of version. And what we're looking at here is they're going to be putting all the expansions together, obviously. Okay. And they're going to rework the donation, the bidding to the gods, because basically what you did was I pay two to gain Poseidon's favor. You bet three and so forth and so on. Right. So they're going to make this a new um, bidding system that's going to be ex you, you're going to have to pay exponentially more money. So okay. it's going to be more costly to come in later. So it's not going to be a back and forth, back and forth, back and forth kind of situation. Right. Now, now, one of the other things is one of the fun things that I thought was great was the models. You know, yes. I heard they're coming out with brand new, uh, brand new models, too. Brand new models, oh. brand new heroes, brand new monsters, brand new mercenaries that come into play. Huh. So a lot more stuff. And in particular, they're going to offer different um, modes of playing the game. The classic three to five players on the map. OK. But they're also going to refine the two player module. And I think this is the most interesting part, Dave. There's going to be a team mode four to six players oh interesting yeah. yeah well that might be one i need to get to i know they're gonna make me buy this game again Damn it. <laughs> i want to buy other games please stop making me buy the same game over and over ah. <laughs> a whole section <laughs> devoted to cyclades and and elizabeth hargrave uh, uh games you know it's true so. it's true well, well don't let her know that yet because I'm still trying to collect all the wingspan stuff. It's all, we're still waiting for those giant big boxes and everything. They're, they've been out oh, of okay. place. So. Oh, okay. Fantastic. All right. right. So those are the games that we want to hit the table. Let's talk about the games that did hit the table and we'll let people know if those games are a buy and they should run out and pick those games up. If those games are a play and they should sit down and play them. If those games are a dodge and they should avoid them. Or if those games are the dreaded burn and no matter how many copies you want to own, don't own any of them because they're bad. So, Dave, my friend, what did you play with uh, So, I have taught uh, a bunch of my friends, uh, and I will be go. I will be trying to teach this at the uh, Long Island Tabletop Gaming Expo. 
Twilight Inscription. Ooh. Uh, now, I'm a big fan of Twilight Imperium. I've played it. We get the chance to get it to the table about once a year with a whole group of friends that I have. That uh, Now, I actually don't coordinate this, which is nice because it's something I'm not in charge of. One of my friends <laughs> co- coordinates it, and we actually play at somebody else's house and everything. So I just show up, and then hopefully I, I win. And I, I've done pretty good for myself, I will tell you. I've done pretty good. There you go. Uh, um, I go straight for Mechatol Rex, just so you know. I'm the Mechatol Rex guy. I always break it with like game turn two. I'm at Mechatol Rex. <laughs> I just start I just start the madness for that Twilight Twilight Imperium. So when Twilight Inscription came out, I actually didn't even know it came out. My wife had given me a present to go to a game store and buy it. And I saw it on the shelf and I'm like, this, 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 I want this, I want this, I want this. And it's the roll and write version of Twilight Imperium. And if you're not familiar with it, uh, but you're familiar with Twilight Imperium, I think you should definitely check it out because uh, a lot of the the icon- iconography uh, iconography is the is the same, uh, and just knowing the background sort of history behind it is uh, is very good. Uh, and, but I will also say it is really confusing, and there are so many mechanics. Have you played it, Chris? I haven't played it yet. Anthony did. He liked it a lot. Okay, yeah, I love it. I absolutely love okay. it. But then again, remember, one thing I didn't mention earlier is my background is military strategic simulation gaming. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of historical war gaming. I do a lot of, you know, when you, I like what you said. What did you say, troops on the table kind of games? Yeah, so I do a lot of troops on the table kind of games. So the complex interaction between the four cards you're dealing with when you roll the dice and making your choices uh, really interests me. And then I am a big fan of Agricola type like games where you have to do six things right now. You have to. <laughs> yes. But you can only do one. And it's like, no. And that is what Twilight, for some reason, I thrive in those environments. And that is what Twilight Inscription is also. Um, and But there's a lot to pay attention to. So it, it's not a beginner game. Uh, but, uh, I just, I've really enjoyed it and I've gotten it to the table. I've taught it now, I think about five or six times and I've played, I think wow. about four times. So, um, and I will be teaching it maximum eight players go to tabletop events and sign up right now for the Long Island tabletop gaming convention. Get your spot now. I don't know if we'll finish, but I'm going to teach it. People will still enjoy learning it. Sure. And again, you know, for me personally, Anthony's the big roll and write person. I've played Roll and Write, and I like them in a very friendly kind of way. You can just be over there because the epic games have always kind of captured my imagination, like playing Twilight Imperium, right? The fourth edition. It's just there's something. I mean, it's it's epic on the table. The experience is epic. It's amazing. And then when you have a game that's like, hey this is relatively somewhat close to the same cost, close relatively close to the same game. It's a roll and write. So you're going to be, you know, scribbling on a piece of paper, right? It almost seems like a downgrade disappointment. It doesn't seem like it could ever live up to the moniker here. I, I, I wasn't, I was surprised that this game got as good of reviews as it did because Twilight Imperium is such a solid game in its own class and to make a, a roll and write seems contrary on every level. Well, that that's a very interesting point. See, the problem with those ep- – well, I, I want to agree with you about something. The, the experiences at those epic games, like, for example, diplomacy games that I've played, advanced civilization games that I've played, supremacy games that I've played, and Twilight Imperium games that I've played, 
there is a moment in almost every game that you remember for the rest of your life. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and you, I, we are actually making fun of one of my friends whenever we see him and we talk about doing something because he made a, a critical error in a, one of the Twilight Imperium games. And now basically every time we get together, somebody throws a joke out about that, you know, That's fantastic. And, and you don't get that. For, you normally don't, you know, you play a game of Azul. Yeah. You play, you have fun, but there isn't like that epic <laughs> moment that, you know, you'll remember for the rest of your life. So. So I can agree with you that those epic games add that potentiality of a memory, an ingrained memory, fun, exciting, and friendship. But uh, I will tell you, I think those mega games also shut out so much of the community. Yeah, sure. It's so hard to get to, to the table. Yes, I think, of So Twilight Inscription is not Twilight Imperium. I completely agree with you. But I think that it opens up the Twilight Imperium genre, the world, the history to the general gamers. And even the general gamers won't still won't even try Twilight Inscription. But if they've got a game master, if they've got a player that can teach them and guide them through, I think that they have a decent chance of, of uh, success of, of having fun. Fantastic. Yeah, no, I'm really, I'm shocked and surprised and glad that this game came out because again, it gives a new context to, Roll and write games is just being filler games, right? Yeah, there are. Yeah, definitely. There's some really roll and write games out there that are filler games, uh, and uh, and that and that's okay too. Uh, yeah, you know, that's fine. Uh, but this is a complicated, in-depth, strategic uh, roll and write. Nice. Well, it's a buy from, buy across the board. There, excellent. Well, actually, I would say mm-hmm. I would say it's a buy for it's a buy for people like me. Mm, but I would say it's a, pl- a play. Oh, I'd say regular gamers would just need to try to play this game. Sure. Yeah. Is it the same? Would you say it's the same weight, same complexity? I mean, obviously you don't have miniatures and a lot of other stuff, but it, does it hold that same kind of complexity that you would expect from TI4? Uh, yes, it's just as complex. As, okay. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, it does. It, it's very complex, but... Um, uh, because there's 17 things to think about, and again, the same thing with choices. You got to make a you got to make a choice, and you you really you, it's tough to make that choice, you know. Uh, and then there's also multiple ways to win. So it's not a you know it's not a point salad game. It is a point salad game in a way, but um, you need to concentrate in one or two areas. You can't concentrate in all the point scoring areas. So in, in Twilight uh, Inscription, absolutely. Well, a game that I played this week, this is definitely on the lighter side of board gaming. We we've we play a lot of games, Dave, in the areas that we, I think the holy grail of board gaming is obviously to get a game group that will play a game. Yeah. And typically, the easiest group to get together is your family. So if you can get your okay. family to play a game, then I, I think that's even better than getting gamers to play games just because they're available. <laughs> if you can get them yeah. converted into the game system, all the better. So... I've previously talked about Canvas. This was a game that I backed on Kickstarter. And recently they had an expansion, which was Reflections. And then even beyond that, they had another expansion come out of it. Because, again, supposedly this is the last expansion. But, you know, people say that all the time. But Canvas Finishing Touches recently came out. Um, I'm sorry, was backed. I, I backed that recently. But I was able to get Canvas, which, again, if you're not too familiar with Canvas itself, it's 
a really interesting game because basically what you're doing, it's card crafting. Huh. You get a sleeve and on, on the sleeve, this is, this is what you're going to be painting your picture on. This, this is going to be your palette and you have all the paints as far as like in your imagination. And then you look at this kind of open market of different ideas and each of these clear plastic cards, which will sleeve into a, a holder allows you to build three layers of different objects and symbols to actually put together a painting. Wow. Now, I'm, I'm looking on board game uh, geek right now. It's fascinating. I see it. It's a really interesting, you know, take on that card sleeve. And I've played this um, primarily in mystic veil vale is probably yes. the kind of the most mainstream version of that, where you're kind of sleeving cards to make up a bigger deck building game. This is about putting together the most beautiful paintings possible based upon these kind of, you know, very cool and beautiful little artistic elements. And then on the bottom of each of these different plastic cards that go into the sleeve, it's going to have these different symbols that will allow you to score points based upon these different areas of like, it's serene, it's beauty, it's animals, it's nature, it's mystical and things like that. So huh. the bottom of the cards, along with the different colors, palettes supposedly that were part of the actual painting itself, is going to have different symbols. You'll match the symbols up to the board and the different symbols that are available for scoring change every time. There's a large deck of cards and you kind of, you know, randomly place them out. And that's the scoring opportunities for that game itself. Now, the base game is very simple, and I kind of gave it a play because the game itself had a very limited market, a very limited opportunity to build up your paintings, because basically on your turn, you're only doing two things. You're either taking those those kind of paint cards into your hand up to five, or okay. you're painting a painting. And that's pretty much it. You have that little easel sleeve to put the paintings in. The expansion that came out here that really brought the game to the next level was Reflections. Now, Reflections doubles the number of card art on the table that you can select. And then you have these little palette inspiration tokens that allows you to take further down the market row to build up your paintings. And there's additional scoring opportunities. So you can now score based upon the cards themselves, have silver and gold opportunities to score. And it has a lot of different elements as far as you can play with the variation of you have a secret goal that will score you points based upon, let's say, animals or people or different elements in your painting. And there's another variant which allows you to score and win the game based upon the masterpiece. Which painting did the people at the table create that everyone agrees is the most beautiful, wondrous kind of painting possible? Yeah. So there's a lot of ways to gear this more towards a gamer with the points versus to gear it a little more towards a general audience wanting to put together great paintings. So I played with the family several times, played with little kids, played with adults, played with non-gamers, and across the board it came out great. But it needs the it, it needs the reflection expansion because okay. the base game was too small, too simple, too limited. The expansion gives you double the number of cards. So instead of have four, you have eight now. You have more goals to shoot towards, so it's not just one person shooting towards a certain combination of symbols. There's a lot of ways to score here. And again, as I mentioned, there's a different variance for scoring that allows the gameplay to be either a little bit harder and crunchier 
or a little bit lighter and whimsical where you're just trying to get the best painting possible. Well, this, this looks like a game, I mean, out of what you just said and what I saw on Board Game Geek uh, and, and how artistic it is. First of all, it reminds me of Digs It, you know, the artwork sure. kind of stuff, you know, and how, but how beautiful it is. Uh, this looks like a game I might need to get to, uh, to use to demo at my events, you know. It, and it's a very simple game because you're just taking cards or you're building a painting once you hit the, you hit the wall. This is from Road to Infamy Games. They're pretty popular on Kickstarter. And I said the third one just recently came out. You might be able to still get a late pledge on this. Okay. But again, this fits pretty much every kind of demographic age group, you know, whether they're a hardcore gamer or just likes to sleeve cards and gets the pictures and gets the names together. Yeah. And we, we need, I need to get more games of the younger age group, um, uh, you know, because... I seem to be getting booked for events for, for young age groups. As, as I just said, I did 73rd graders uh, with the, with a team of people on last, this past Thursday night, you know, but uh, uh, it was pretty crazy. Yeah, so... <laughs> but yeah, but, but we, at the convention at the Long Island tabletop, you know, we've got a bunch of games that uh, people, uh, kids eight and plus can play at least, you know, below that it gets tough unless you got a bunch of Haba games and stuff. Uh, yeah. Um, no, I agree. Again, it's, it's a hard it's a hard middle ground to kind of fit where like we talked about this before, Dave, we, we as gamers, as people who game all the time, we talk about gateway games and we want to throw yeah. down like, you know, a ticket to ride or a Catan at the table and say, Oh, you're new to gaming. Try this gateway game. It's so simple. And they're mm-hmm. just like, their mind is blown because there's too many cognitive processes that they have to go through in order to like actively p- participate and score points where really it just needs to be one thing. And right. then you can, with that one thing, you can, you can kind of score or accomplish a lot of things. Right. So right. canvas allows you to have one thing, which is collect the art and then eventually choose to take a turn to sleeve the art. And that's it. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's good for younger people. That's good for people who are not gamers, because like you mentioned before with, with twilight inscription, you have to keep 16 things in your head. Right. Right. And you want to do all of those things at the same time, but you have to figure out which one needs to be done first versus later. Most people who are not gamers don't have that cognitive perspective on, you know, essentially what comes in what point in a timeline and when do you press your luck? When do you go against and try to grab it, even though it's a little more troublesome? So Canvas with the reflection, you know, which reflection expansion, which I do feel is essential for this game, um, gets a light buy for me. I think it's something you should definitely check out. Well, I will, uh, I will give it a buy too, probably for myself. Nice. <laughs> you know? So sounds good. All right. So now on to our feature review. So for our feature review this week, we are talking about our friend Dave's top 10 games because there's yeah. nothing better than the top 10 of a thing and especially a top 10 of a game thing, Dave. That's right. I, I completely agree. <laughs> well, Dave, right. let's run it through, but let's 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 give let's build some dramatic tension. Sure. Because it only gets better. And I know you got some stories to go along with each of these games. Yes. So yeah. Dave, what's your number 10? Oh, okay. So we're gonna go reverse. Very yeah. nice. Okay. So uh I, I in my gaming here, and I'm a I'm the board game guy, but I'll tell you I got a I got a great background in role-playing games all through my younger ages. And uh, uh, so actually my number 10 
is a game I'm actually running a long time campaign with. I'm actually meeting with the fellas tonight on our Discord channel. Uh, it is Twilight 2000 role playing game. So that is post apocalyptic uh, World War Three, uh, essentially combat in Poland, mm -hmm. and you're part of the U.S. Uh, U.S. Uh, Fifth Infantry Division, and you get attacked in the rear and side and 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 from the front of a whole bunch of this is it's based in 2000 based off of the cold war stuff so you're attacked by the soviets and the polish and the east germans and uh you have to make a run for it you, your commander says see you later good luck i'll meet you i'll meet you back in the states and you're like what you know and so then it's a role-playing game based on all that military stuff being a veteran and being uh both in field artillery and in armor you know it really intrigued me to high school all the way through today, you know, so uh, just I'm, I'm big into the military equipment kind of stuff, you know, the history behind it and, sure. and the capabilities. So this game uh, is really good. And we're talking about editions, buying multiple editions. There was first edition and then there was second edition. And I think this one, the new one we have, I think it's fourth edition, if I'm not mistaken. But so, yeah, so that's my number 10, Twilight, uh, Twilight 2000 role playing game. Very nice. All right. And what's your number nine? Welcome to which Ooh. is flipping right. <laughs> we just talked about rolling rights, and uh, this flipping right actually has really intrigued me uh, uh, for the for a couple reasons. One, I've gotten into a groove on how to teach it. I must have taught this game 15, 20 times now, uh, and I'll be teaching at Li Tabletop too. Welcome to it's just like it's a unique concept. You have to grab your. It's like some people have that, um, you know, like it's hard to grab the initial concept of the game, but once you get it, you got it and it's good. And uh, it's just such a unique kind of flip and write game. And I just love it. My wife loves it. I love it. We teach it. All my friends know it. There's expansions for it and it's just fun. It's just, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a great little game. Welcome to uh, um, is awesome. That's my number nine. Is it this? So you're talking about the straight first version. Welcome to with, with the whole, neighborhood kind of thing yes yeah okay and you like that one better than than the other versions love las vegas the moon i've only played uh i think i've only played one of the expansions once i actually don't own them um oh, okay so and it was it was fun i think wasn't there a christmas one wasn't there i can't even remember but uh one of my friends had it but that was a while ago yeah i i i highly suggest if you've not played welcome to yet that you check it out yeah i think well i mean for us we've we've played all the different standalone kind of welcome twos they're all good, and I know Anthony likes the Moon one a little bit more on that side. But I think the original Welcome Two is the right weight for a flipping right. Yeah. Oh, the other thing is, and I haven't done it yet. I will eventually do it. Is the best thing about this game is that as long as you have a sheet, whether it's on a phone, like you know the little sheet that you write on, whether it's on a phone or you have the physical copy, as long as everybody can see the cards that are flipped and the goal cards you could play with thousands and thousands of people playing the same game it's crazy. unbelievable crazy excellent all right so let's get on to your number eight number eight we just talked about it quite a bit right now uh, you know i think uh, <laughs> before this podcast chris and i were saying it's like uh you know your number your top 10 could change at any time but it's twilight inscription so um I, uh, I put it in there, uh, and, you know, we don't need to talk about it more now, but uh, it's a great game. I suggest you play it. All right. Number seven. Oh, boy. Uh, Two-player games. 
very important that the industry has moved into two-player games in the last 10 years because when I owned the store, I had everybody come up to me, well, how how do I, you know, I only have me and my wife. I sure. only have my brother. I only have, and I, it's like, you know, how do you play Risk two-player, you, know? <laughs> you know? How do you play Monopoly two-player? You know, it's, it's like ridiculous. So um, the industry's taken two-player games over, and I love Seven Wonders in a group yes. setting. Uh, the iconography is very difficult for new players to grasp, but once sure. they get it, good. But then they came out with Seven Wonders Duel, and this is definitely one of my top favorite games around. Um, and my wife keeps billing, beating me militarily. I don't know how she does it. <laughs> and uh, But I've had a lot of success with the game, teaching it and playing it with my friends. So that is um, uh, that is Seven Wonders Duel. Absolutely. Excellent. Have you played the expansions on the, on that game? No, I haven't. I am not a huge expansion oh. player, and I really need to get more into it. But mm. I, de- I go to I go to events all the time, conventions. I demo mm-hmm. conventions, and libraries, and stuff. So I'm usually have to teach the base game. Yeah, so, of course. You know, um, but uh, I've heard they're good. Expansions are good. They're solid. I, I definitely recommend them. I don't think they're essential to the game. Okay. Okay. All good right. to know. Number six. Number six. So uh, we taught my 82-year-old mother how to play Splendor. Whoa. And, and she beat us. <laughs> <laughs> and But this is a go-to game when my wife and I uh, uh, are like, you know, what do you want to do on date night? Okay, we'll you know, go watch a show. But then we're like, okay, we got another 30 minutes or so. You know, we like, let's let's play some Splendor. And then we got Cities of Splendor. So I did get that expansion. Okay. And uh, the Cities of Splendor's are, uh, expansions are pretty good. And this is one of my go-to games with my wife. Or if we have, we just had a double date night with one of them that came over. And one of them was a non-gamer. And we taught them Splendor. We think that the colorful cards the easy objective the not so difficult explanation of the rules even though there's a few concepts about whether you got to get gems or whether you got to get the triangle cards but the tactile feel of the gems and everything i think splendor is just an all-around fantastic game so uh, i really enjoy it it comes to the table quite often excellent all right number five i couldn't do a top 10 without something that uh has been something in my entire life probably since about fifth or sixth grade i owned i owned the booklet Chainmail, which i lost in a uh i lost in a flood and Ooh. then i had the blue box and the red box set and that is dungeons and dragons uh, i was making maps in 1981 uh sitting on my living room floor uh watching a mtv when it's the first year it was commercial free drawing towns and lakes and rivers on maps for to play Dungeons and Dragons with my friends. And I have demoed everything, all the, all the levels of it, all the way up to we're still demoing. My wife teaches teens, fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons at libraries. She literally has an event this coming week. Wonderful. And do you have a favorite edition? So um, I would say my favorite edition was Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, gotcha. but uh, but I actually I'm one of the rare people that enjoyed Fourth Edition. Ooh, <laughs> I take. Yeah, I will tell you. We could maybe we could talk about that on a different podcast. I'll tell you all the things <laughs> I actually enjoy about Fourth Edition. So you know now now I'm sorry, everybody just left your podcast. They all just turned it off. <laughs> well, it was good while it lasted. It was, <laughs> Number five is Dungeons and Dragons. All right. So number four. 
Number four is not a surprise. It's Wingspan because um, I already told you about that. I'm looking forward to the other Elizabeth Hargrave uh, thing, a Mother mm-hmm. Tree. Wingspan with its colorful stuff, its knowledgeable stuff, its gameplay, its tough decisions. It's t- basically, you know, it's got a time limit because you can only do so many actions. It's got my Agricola kind of, you know, uh, analysis paralysis thing that I mentioned earlier involved with it. I just love it. I, I really love it. And we demo it uh, at conventions. And uh, there's a few concepts that are tough to get, but people love putting down birds. <laughs> we don't, you know, I mean, come on, you know, crack open an egg and put a bird on the board. It's fantastic. Wonderful. So, there you go. Number four is Wingspan. All right. Number three. All right. So I mentioned that I'm a military stra- uh, a military historian or military strategy, uh, strategy simulation guy. I don't really have many like GMT games on here or, you know, other military kind of games, but uh, I'm also, uh, I love history and I lived through the Cold War. You know, I'm in my 50s. Um, I live, I grew up in northern New Jersey. I always wondered what it would be like if I saw a mushroom cloud come up over, you know, <laughs> the, the, the trees, you know, uh, in my, my garden uh, hedges. And so my number four is Twilight Struggle. Uh, uh, it's a two player game. I love it. Uh, my wife and I just played. Boy, this is becoming this is becoming a thing. My wife beat me. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> Who's military strategists again? Beat me, yeah, exactly. Beat me in turn eight. Yeah, really. My wife does a lot of military wins. Um, and uh, but it's a game I does not get to the table often. It's so hard. It's so long. It's complicated. I love it, but I just haven't really found that group that uh, would want to play this on a regular basis. Gotcha. But well, all right. there you go. Number two. Number two. Um, this is military in a way. Uh, FAZA, which is a company. Now, here's another thing. We talked about how do you pronounce it. Is it FAZA or FAZA? Do you have any idea, Chris? I don't. But I know okay. that the way I'd pick would probably be wrong. So, okay. <laughs> All right. I say FAZA. It's a company no longer around. They used to make the Renegade Legion system games. Sure. And my favorite game out of that system was Centurion, which is tank combat because, you know, that's what I'm most interested Thanks. in. Yeah. But I love all of them. Interceptor, Leviathan, and Prefect. All of the games are fantastic. Uh, several of the reasons why I love them is just because um, they're they're all the military stuff, futuristic military stuff. It's just fun, exciting. It's very challenging. It's very strategic. It's very tactical. Uh, but also, they all scale. So you could be fighting a tank battle. Well, I'm sorry. Let me back up. You could be fighting a Leviathan battle of capital ships fighting and two fighter squadrons could meet on that map and shoot it out. You can roll a die, or you can get out the interceptor game and play that battle out on the interceptor Oh, that's great. Uh, Then there might be a hex on the interceptor board, which is fighter combat, space fighter combat, and there might be a hex that is the planet battle. So you could be fighting the planet battle with tanks and then take a fighter ship from the interceptor board and fly it to the planet hex and then on the tank combat board, that ship can do a strafing run on the tank combat board. Wow. It's, it's just unbelievable. But it's too complicated. It's old. It's out of print. Nobody knows. No, you know, I, I've, I've run very successful games and campaigns and stuff with it. But, you know, anyway, my second favorite is Centurion. All right, Dave, that, that leads us to the number one game for you. There you go. And this is a military strategic simulation game advanced squad leader where the rule book is only about 250 pages and uh and nobody plays this game they they had like the international championships for advanced squad leader and i think 40 people were there you know but this game is unbelievable it's world war ii 
tactical squad combat. Um, of course, video games do it so much better now. I mean, you know, Call of Duty kind of stuff. I mean, but literally with the squad, just to give sort of a overview, I have a squad of 10 guys on the board. I can do anything with that squad that I could do in real life. I can split the squad in two. I could have one throw a smoke grenade, one half squad throw a smoke grenade, and the other one, a machine gun, lay down, suppress a fire, and then the other half squad assault the building through the window. You know, and it's like, and there has to be a rule for it, you know. Uh, but I love this game. The company realizes that nobody plays their game anymore, so they came out with their call, what are called starter kits. And I actually teach this game at conventions too. Ooh. And I have some incredible stories about people's first exposure to advanced squad leader, and they are all good. Now, number one, advanced squad leader. Excellent. Well, Dave, that's a tremendous list and so many great games that people may not know about that maybe now they know about, and now they know somebody who knows about them, so maybe they can get them to the table. Sounds good. Contact me. I'd love to play some of them. <laughs> if only there was a convention that they could go to, Dave, to meet you. And play, <laughs> yeah, play where is that? Where is that? Oh, I think it's March 18, 19, Long Island Tabletop here on Long Island. <laughs> LITabletop.com. Can I throw that in there? You can totally <laughs> throw that in. And again, Dave, where do they need where if they want to reach out to you directly through your own social media site, where's where's the best place for them to reach you? Sure. Uh so uh it's gamemastergames.com. That was the name of my second retail store that I had. G-A-M-E-M-A-S-T-E-R-G-A-M-E-S.com. And all my contact information is on there, including I stream on Twitch and YouTube, and you can get all the links from there or send me an email at Dave at gamemastergames.com. Yeah, we'll have this information in the show notes and on BoardGamersAnonymous.com. So you'll be able to find all the information and be able to connect with Dave there. It's awesome. And, and Chris, I, I want to say I want to say thank you so much for having me on, man. Uh, I, you know, it's, it's so fun to meet like-minded gamers. I'm super excited you guys want to be involved in Long Island Tabletop. I can't wait to see what happens uh, for us in the future. Excellent. Well, again, thank you so much. Thank you, Long Island Gaming Con. We're really excited. Tabletop Gaming March 18th, March 19th. We're looking forward to seeing you all there. Put together your plans. Go to their website. I think it's going to be a great time. Sounds great. All right, Dave. So until next time, this is Chris. And this is Dave. And we'll save you all a seat at the table at the Long Island Tabletop Game Convention. That's right. Take care, everyone. Thank you.